0: Like eleven years. Um, so that was not here. But (laughs) that was a different location. I can confirm. (laughs) Yeah. But aside from that, (laughs) I'm yeah. I was born here and I moved there and then I I moved back here. I didn't mean to, but it happened. As things tend to do as they happen.
1: They do tend to happen, but you know, oftentimes Including moving, you have some control over it.
0: Yeah, totally. You you do sometimes. Sometimes, though, I find <laughs> sometimes I find life to be like a river you're in, and sometimes I find myself to be the river, and there's banks, and you just kind of go into a bank, and then ah. Uh, but when I came back here, uh, life was more the river, and I was just on it.
1: How does one passively end up back in Los Angeles?
0: I, don't, I mean, it's confusing for sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think I thought I could I think I wrote a song for a movie, maybe. And I and it was like $1,000. And I was like, Oh, all right. One a week for six weeks. And then I'll have $6,000. And then I'll go back to New York. But obviously, that's not that's not the way it works. So I just, I'm still, I'm still waiting for that six thousand know, dollars. Ten years later,
1: you moved out specifically to write music for movies.
0: No, just for one. I don't even remember if it even worked out anymore. <laughs> I used to be a drug addict, and so I left there to. Cause I wrote a song for a movie and I was like, okay, I'll go there and I'll keep, you know, keep doing this, make so much money and come back and do drugs. But then when I got here, I was like, wait a second, why would I like, oh, this is, this is freedom or, you know, I can be free from that dependence maybe. Um, (laughs) And, but I, it ended up working. And so I ended up staying, Uh, it's, it's way easier here to um, stay inside your body. and and fix what's in your mind Then New York. It seems like it's it's very hard to stay inside your body and fix stuff in your mind.
1: (laughs) What does that mean, stay inside your body?
0: Just not trying to escape at all times every day. That's, I guess, what I was doing before was just I didn't want to face facts, (laughs) face reality that I was a body that had to be attached to my head and use my brain to think. Um, about the past, present, and future in a constructive way. It just wanted to avoid um, all possibilities. I think drugs provide a wonderful way to escape all decision-making. Um, and it's like if you uh, are, don't like making decisions, the best thing in the world, but you have to, is make your decisions based entirely around drugs. Um, and once you do that for a little bit, then you have to make your decisions based on drugs, and then, uh, and then that will be your entire life, and then you'll be safe from making any decisions at all, you know. Um, but then you'll find yourself having not made any anything of value for years, and then you'll want to be inside your body and fix your mind, like I have.
1: <laughs> Los Angeles is also a place where one can acquire and do a lot of drugs. Yeah. It sounds like you knew that it would have an effect of essentially freeing you from the dependency.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's, it's a mystery to me, honestly, because I, uh, the whole thing, my personal journey is a mystery. I don't know the decision I made to come out here, but I do know that I wasn't, uh, no one was holding me accountable for my behavior there. So I went somewhere where, um, I felt like I couldn't just – because you lie all day long when you're on drugs. Um, and so I went somewhere where I, I couldn't lie. Um, and I and on the plane right here, I decided I was never going to lie again because it's, it's the worst – several horrible parts of doing drugs, but one of the worst of them is that you're just a liar. That's your full-time job, and it's it sucks. And I just – that that in itself was a lie because I'm not a liar so uh, I moved here to be honest and I like it, <laughs> I like it. And I think I really needed a dog to be like, quite frank with you is that I think what I was missing the whole time was like an earthbound creature uh, that would be my companion <laughs> and that I could take walks with. Like that that really, that, that turned the whole thing all around. It made me appreciate every day is, a canine friend, I highly recommend it. Or a bunny friend in your case.
1: A dog or or a pet generally has the effect of grounding you. And I assume that it's important when you're a touring musician to have some sort of center or some kind of tether to a place. In this case, a creature that is very much just dependent on you at all times.
0: Yeah, well, I think... There's many benefits, but uh, life can get a little topsy-turvy. And when you're on tour, um, you have to, like, deny all earthly wants and desires and just accept that you're not in control of anything. Um, and and there's, there's beauty in that. Um, but once you get home and you all of a sudden are in control um, of everything, every choice you make, all of a sudden, what you're going to eat, what, you know, when you're going to take a shower, every single thing, all of a sudden, isn't like, I have to do this, because we're only in this hotel for an hour or whatever. And also the van is so loud. So you're going 60 miles an hour, super loud, eight hours a day. And then all of a sudden silence. It's really nice to have uh, something yeah, to take care of. And uh and to give you, to give time a differentiation. Like, because um, there's, you know, you get back and you're like, I don't know when I eat. I have no idea. How are you supposed to know? I've denied myself feeling hungry for a month. I've denied myself feeling thirsty. I've turned off those superpowers the superpower ability to know when I'm hungry, the superpower ability to know when I'm tired. Um, you just turn off all of your body. And then when you get home, you're like, "Oh shit! I haven't drink water in three days." And it's like, "Oh, oh, do- the dog doesn't have any water in his bowl." Oh God, how long has that happened? You know. And then you're like, "Okay." And then you feed that thing, and then you feed yourself, and you walk, and you know, it's it's good for you. And they're just here to, uh, they're just there to be happy. That's all they want. There's no like agenda. There's no hidden <laughs> hidden fees or whatever. It's just they just want to be happy. And I, I really appreciate something that uh, wags its tail to let you know that it's enjoying itself.
1: They can't lie to you. They're, their bodies mm-hmm. won't allow it.
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. Their bodies won't allow it. That's so funny. Wow. Thank you for saying that. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> it's interesting to hear you verbalize this idea of almost like not having a, a grip on, on time passing because I think that's something that a lot of people have really just experienced for the first time over the past year. Any of those built-in structures that we've traditionally had, I mean, I'm somebody who you know, used to go into an office every day, and that's a way of marking time, right? It's clear yeah. when it's done you your home, and, and, and that's a way of creating a delineation between work and home life, and that doesn't exist anymore. You know, having been thrust into... And not being able to tour over the past year, how much fuzzier have these things become to you?
0: Yeah, it's really weird because um, basically our life is every other month is like lockdown, and every other month is like opposite lockdown—twenty-four hours a day for a month. So that it was that way for like five years. I don't know if it's every other month, but we never really went more than like three months without touring. This is familiar to a certain extent. This just like I, I I at least take like a week after every tour and just like cocoon and like just don't listen to anything, no sounds, no nothing, just silence and walk in the dog and maybe like <laughs> I don't, you know, some show or something and just just appreciating quiet and bed. Um, so yeah, I mean this, this year, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's, yeah, part of me that's used to it and part of musicians that's used to it. But a huge thing is that on tour, like you have to play a show, like you, you, you have to play a show every night and you can get, you can tell like, oh shit, I'm getting sick. I'm going to push this off for a week like you have the magic power to be like i'm not getting sick today i don't care like i'm stuffing this down so after like 5 years of stuffing things down like feelings and sick and everything your body's filled with all of this stuff and you know and being with people every day 24 hours a day your only time alone is when you shower like you you build up annoyances whatever and you push it all down so this has been a year of like not pushing it all down and then being having the same input as everyone else, which is traumatic. And uh, I think just everyone's in the same position. Is either you could have used this last year and whatever to just like feel whatever has been buried and deal with it, or just keep slamming it down <laughs> and hoping it won't come up, but. Um, I've been just taking the time to really just be like, okay, what's, what shit are you carrying around that you don't want to, what shit have you, and like processing everything that's been happening as it's happening. Like, I mean, I'm not sober, but like I stopped drinking cause I was just like, this isn't really helping. Like, if I don't feel this now, or I'll be honest, when Trump got coronavirus, uh, I just freaked out for some reason. I was just like, I don't know why, but I was just so scared for everyone that like didn't believe in it. And I thought that that was going to make everyone believe and then everyone was going to be so scared. And that was going to cause, I was just like the last, you know, something crazy happened every day. But for some reason that event tipped me over the edge and I got like wasted, just like completely wasted while doing a podcast with someone and I just realized, like, I don't know, I was like, that didn't help anything. Uh, and yeah, and so then I was just like, you need to just feel everything as it happens as much as possible, because just, yeah, having stuffed down feelings for so long, it's like this This time is so special. I mean, it's horrible and beyond horrible, but this time of things being slowed down and um, not getting to express ourselves in the way we're used to uh is isn't gonna happen again you know and it's like I forgot who I was I forgot that I like playing music I forgot that I like making sounds like it's funny because they're like the most dangerous thing you could do is sing inside and it's like oh really my job like is the most dangerous thing you could do like yeah I just I think it's I'm you know, it's uh it's weird to not do the thing that you love or the thing that makes you yourself, but um but it was funny all the things I tried to do in place of that. Like I couldn't remember that I liked playing music or sound making noise or whatever. And so I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll jog. Maybe that cuz I knew it was something physical, but I didn't know what." So I tried a bunch of like weird exercise things and I was like, And then one day we played, I think we did like a virtual show and I was like, oh my, oh no, we recorded a song. I was like, that felt so good. I totally forgot. I love singing. Like I can, like I can do the thing I love. I just forgot what it is. I just didn't know there was anything I liked about being alive, not to be mean, but sorry life, no offense. (laughs)
1: It's not mean, but it's certainly, it's, it's a, it's a bummer.
0: Almost all of life is about trying not to take up too much space and being kind and, uh, respectful and conscientious and compassionate and welcoming (laughs) all of these things. But none of the things that I, or that we are is, um, about like self, you know, um, When we play, we are ourselves, like, and there's no other time really where that fits in, (laughs) you know, it's like, just, you just are purely who you are. And maybe, maybe everybody else in the world is that all the time, or maybe never, but, but I, I, that's, that's when I'm myself is when I'm playing or recording or whatever. I don't know why. (laughs) but that's the way it is.
1: It's great that you not only found this thing that you love so much, but that you've been able to make a life out of it is fantastic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, uh, yeah, I just, I heard a podcast that I did yesterday or it came out yesterday and it was said (laughs) it, and it is me. It said, uh, that it decided it wanted to be a singer when it was seven. I don't know why that's how my mind is talking about myself. But yeah, when I, I guess when I was seven, I was just like, that's what I want to do based on nothing. And that's actually what I am, which I think is really funny because I was a pretty wacky kid. So I guess I'm a wacky adult. I,
1: I feel like that's probably a fair assessment to, to some degree, <laughs> having only just talked to you for 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, It's interesting, though, because and I know I know you're doing this like somewhat jokingly, but to start referring to yourself as it and then like carry that all the way through, there's kind of like a disconnect in that it sounds like you were listening to yourself back at a distance and maybe rediscovering some of those ideas, having heard yourself talk about them.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Also, I'm a pretty passionate person and I like really mean what I say. Uh, So if it's not the exact moment it's happening, I'm kind of like, that's interesting. You know, (laughs) like, oh, cool. Like, you really meant that. Um, But I do think, I mean, I know that to be true. It's just that I forgot about it. It's just funny. Like, I talk, I mean, I live uh, with kids for all of the pandemic. I live with my nephews and they're six and ten. And, like, they're not going to be the jobs they want to be right now at all. (laughs) You know, they're not going to, like, work at, like, you know, Splash Mountain, uh, Disneyland ride and be president, you know. So it's, I funny. mean, one of those
1: is pretty attainable, I, I will say.
0: Splash Mountain ride. I Yeah.
1: If you really put your mind to it, I think they could probably work at Splash Mountain if they really want to. I know.
0: To. I don't think anyone would be better at it, honestly. I've never heard anybody have more passion or enthusiasm for roller coasters as my nephew.
1: I wonder part of what made it so difficult to understand that this was a thing that you loved over the past year. This is something I've talked to a number of people about. You seem like a very empathetic person. Um, Is there guilt attached to enjoying yourself when so many people are suffering?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't even... It has even yet been possible for... Yeah, to enjoy anything when people are suffering. And it's even hard. I'm, I'm still... Can't imagine playing now. Like I, I see everyone having their tours coming up and shows coming up, and I'm feel a little bit jealous. But I also just feel not like ready. I don't know. I think it's really heavy what's going on, and like I see, it's not going to go away super quick. You know, it's like I was I was in New York in nine eleven, and it's like that doesn't. That still affects me like every day uh, to some extent. And like we had a record came out and during in October. And it was like if we didn't have that, I don't know how I would have dealt with the pandemic, the whole thing. Because it was if there wasn't like a specific date to look forward to, like March, April, May, June. That was a pretty good like we recorded it in March, just like finished it right when the lockdown happened, and then, like, I think did art and had all those things to look forward to. If we didn't have that, I don't know how I would have survived the year, but as far as, yeah, like, putting out a song, releasing a song when people are suffering in every way and learning about how much people have been suffering for so long. I think there's so much to learn from, like, Black Lives Matter to, like, you know, all of the... Me Too stuff, everything was just like, wow. Like, I didn't have enough time to look at this before. And now, and there's so much to learn. And, and being in a pool of everyone learning that and learning their part in it, Uh yeah, there wasn't like, it definitely didn't feel right to celebrate or anything else. And even people that would be like, I need you now more than ever. It's like, no, we need to just take this in and feel it and like, learn, just listen and learn. Um, You can't just like push this away. You know, you have to, you have to feel it, I think, which sucks, because I don't like feelings.
1: It's complicated, right? I mean, I agree with you. And I think a lot of what you're getting at in terms of the distinction between touring and home life is the idea of distraction in that when you're on tour it's constant noise it's constant distraction you can't focus on on anything because you're always focusing on like a moving target over the past year all we've had is that time and and that silence i do think ultimately there is something to be said for productive distraction in that i also don't think it's healthy to just focus on suffering all the time
0: yeah i agree <laughs> i agree But, yeah, I I mean, it's I think everything needs a happy medium or, you know, I always forget that word. But um, what's it called? Just a little bit. (laughs) Moderation. moderation. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: It isn't very funny. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? Just like everything we talked about before. It's very funny that the word you can come up with was moderation. Cause like, am I onto something and that you like might have at least in the past had difficulty with moderation?
0: Oh yeah. I'm like, I mean, I don't I didn't totally. I, I <laughs> I'm bipolar, which I thought meant like you're either really, really happy or really, really sad. And it's not like that. It's like Everything is just yes and no. This it's like black and white and so it's I don't I don't have that at all. Like I'm like 100% happy or you know it's it's just everything is really uh there is no moderation. Like there isn't like this thing is kind of that or it's just
1: It's a binary.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's a very very weird way to live. I will say like yeah, it's funny. I I was sick for like four and a half months of uh the last year and like if I didn't it was just like I had to re-remember every day because I wake up I wake up happy every day because I train myself to with the dog um like even on tour I'll wake up happy like I've just for the last seven years I wake up and I'm like
1: you can train yourself to be happy because I would like to know how to do that
0: yeah you can train yourself I mean you can you can train yourself if you have, like, depression. That's, like, a real thing that you can't train yourself out of depression completely. But you can, there's little, there's breadcrumbs you can leave yourself along the way every day uh, that, that could train you to be happy at different times of the day. Um, and, after, like, like, with your bunny or something.
1: So it's just, it's like, it's like memories. It's just tying things to memories and feelings that, that are attached to certain things.
0: Well, I used to wake up every day and just be like, Oh God, honestly, this I've never admitted this, but like, I used to wake up and just be like, I should just take a sleeping pill.
1: That's not an uncommon experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just didn't, I didn't want to do the day. I just didn't want to do it. Um, and, and then I would first thing, like, look at all of the things I didn't want to do that day, get everything organized for the day I didn't want to have, and then start the day of sorrow, um, like, uh, like,
1: begrudgingly getting into your day.
0: Yeah, and just not doing any of the things that could possibly make anything better, because it, I was so deep in it. It, it Nothing seems like it matters. Um, and then. Yeah. And then I got the dog and it was just like it wasn't immediate, but it was like instead of the first thing being like already defeated, I should go back to sleep. Okay, what is this shit? I don't the emails I don't want to look at, like starting it in that way. I took away that beginning part and made it. So the first thing is it used to be the first thing was the dog woke me up like for maybe like six months. It would wake me up. And I'd be like, oh, my God, you're still here? And, that, and you know, from, like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be here. It was like, oh, my God, you're here. And then finally, like, after six months or so, it got to a point where I was waking up the dog. Being like, hi, like, let's go on a walk. So then before, I wouldn't take my phone. I wouldn't even look at it. Like, it didn't matter. I would just take the dog. We'd go on a walk. And then I decided, like, I was worth buying coffee for. And that, that's how the whole thing started. Just these two pieces was like walk the dog and, and go get coffee somewhere that you want it. And that may sound like privileged or whatever, but it was like before it was just like like suffering, hating it, like just my phone, no, nothing you like. And then it was like, you're just, you're gonna spend two bucks a day to have like an hour and a half of just you and the dog are in this universe. And then when you get home, you can deal with this shit and it's not going to be as bad. It doesn't mean I don't get like dead, deathly depressed sometimes and whatever. But I I do always, I'm always happy when I wake up.
1: I think what you're describing to some degree is is, and I know this is like a buzzword now, but I think it's mindfulness in that the issue before is that your brain was always somewhere else, right? You were always focused on those five things you had to do versus whatever was going on in the moment.
0: Yeah, totally. And it, it, it pre-planned how the whole day was going to be. So yeah, totally. Just being there and being like, okay, this part I can control. I can also control not looking at my phone. I can't control what's in the phone. Like Lord, Lord only knows, but like, yeah. Um, and And just, and when you choose something for yourself, particularly like if it's like before the day starts, like if the first thing you do is just doing something for yourself, especially if you've had like a whole life of only taking care of other people, it's a big deal. Like you really, you did good, you know, it's like you did good, you, you, you did good. You didn't, you didn't go back to sleep for, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's. It seems like a low bar, but it's when it's unachievable, it's unachievable so
1: were you always focused on taking care of other people instead of yourself? Are you describing yourself
0: oh I mean yeah totally i yeah i don't like I didn't even like think of myself as a human until until now honestly like this 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 year has been in, in like incredible journey into awareness for sure. I didn't even know I was someone to take care of. I thought you were just supposed to take care of everybody else. You know, I didn't know. Nobody told me take care of yourself.
1: (laughs) This sounds like a really basic question, but, but what does it mean to think of yourself as a human?
0: Like as somebody to be treated well, somebody that deserves like choices and to, um, just like basic things like to be advocated for in your own head like you're you it matters what decisions you make it matters uh, your lifestyle or what you do because it affects you um, and being yeah even admitting that things affect me I didn't realize until this this year of quiet I was just like oh nothing affects me I don't, I don't know everything's fine I can do anything I'll you know, um, I don't have any feelings, <laughs> but I do have feelings.
1: <laughs> in addition to all the things we said before, drugs are also a distraction. And they're also a way of muting those feelings, of removing the feelings, of not having to to deal with those in the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like a lot of people, I hear people that are like, say about themselves that they're like a perfectionist or something and it's like for all these different things is a fear of of making a mistake keeps you like clammed up or whatever Um and drugs just cut out the option of failure immediately because it's like I don't know what to do to like it just doesn't there's no options like you're if you're a drug addict, you're a professional drug addict. You're really good at it. It takes up all of your time. Like, you know exactly what to do in every moment. And real life isn't that way. There's so many options in real life. But as when you do, and I haven't done drugs like that kind of, I haven't done like drugs in like 10 years. So it's been a while. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, it's it's like a job and and it's a job, it's a full-time and nighttime 24-hour job uh, that keeps you from having to make any decisions that aren't based on drugs. And I think that if you're the kind of person that needs to have drugs to stay away from life, making up your own decisions and path is like the scariest thing in the world. Just And you retrain your brain every time you do it. Like don't worry. You don't have to think about this. Just do drugs. Like, don't worry. Like I know how to fix your problems. Just do drugs. You know, like, what are you going to do tomorrow? Don't worry. Just do drugs.
1: It's also a way of like having your schedule mapped out. Totally.
0: 24 hours a day. It's perfect. It's, it's the only downside. (laughs) The only downside is it's so expensive. (laughs) Other than that, it's really cool.
1: You probably think of a few other downsides depending on the drugs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: The plane story is really interesting. You know, it sounds like you were able to basically will yourself on this cross-country plane ride, will yourself out of getting back into them.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. I did. It was, it's not easy (laughs) either. (laughs)
1: I I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I think about this a lot as it pertains to my own life. You know, I think we like to uh, we like to sort of like contextualize life as being like the movies or like books to some degree. Like that that's how we can process things. Yeah. You know, in movies, there's these like there, there's these moments. There's these life changing moments, and there are very few that I've experienced in my own life where it was just like. When that happened, nothing was going to be the same after this. You know, it sounds like you were making a very concerted effort to make that one of those moments where after this plane ride, things are going to be different.
0: I mean, I didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but I knew that I didn't – like, my family lives here and I knew I couldn't – I mean, I had – lied to them a million times and been around them a million times on drugs. But for some reason Yeah, I was just like I always kept on trying to come here um and run out of drugs and then and then and then I'd just be over it. It'd be fine. But like that's not how it happens. <laughs> like the minute I got back there, I would just get back on. So uh yeah, it's just like I knew I couldn't do it. It's, like, it's the worst, the worst lifestyle in the world. The worst thing in the world is being a drug addict. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's the worst thing in the world. It's, it, it's a 24-hour job, (laughs) you know. It's, like, that's all your whole life is. And and it's so that you can numb yourself because something is too painful. And that's so sad, you know. (laughs) But, uh but usually you don't know that. So I didn't know that. I was just like, oh. like but the first step is getting off of it and getting off of drugs is doesn't feel good, you know. So you really have to like it's really hard cuz also your brain the way it works like and this is something I'd like to note for children out there is that nobody tells you this, but, like, I haven't done drugs in, I think, 10 or 11 years. I'm not sure. Um, And uh, I still dream about it, like, three times a week where I have it in my hand and I'm going to go do it, but I get caught. And that's crazy. Like, 10 years later, having nightmares about getting caught doing drugs is, like, really hugely affected You know, I don't know how long this will last for, but um, it's that's people don't tell you things like that. Like, oh, yeah, like you're going to think about it forever. Just just know that. But yeah, it's it's not. It's so much better to be on the other side than just being sick every day sucks.
1: (laughs) Did you have those dreams when you were on it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the time.
1: That was one thing you weren't able to silence, to numb.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, the consequences still in my dreams don't even matter. Like when I'm in my dreams now, when I do it, have it, I'm just like, it's like if someone catches me, I'm mad at them. <laughs> it's like you know. I mean, I haven't done it in my dreams, you never, for some reason, I never have everything I need. And I'm like, just holding it behind my back. And I'm like, just trying to get on an elevator and somebody like my dad is there or something. I'm like, Oh, shit. Sure. I'll help you with that. You know, but yeah, I don't know how everyone else gets off of it. But I know that like, when you're done, you're done. And it's just like, you're just fucking done. Like, it's just, it's just over. You can't do it anymore.
1: If you're lucky, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think they're done.
0: That takes like three years for sure. <laughs> like, at least for me, I was like, I'm done. Like, but yeah, I'm, I'm super lucky for sure. But I will admit, and just cause maybe it'll help someone. I also never talk about this. I think this is the first time I've ever actually, I don't, know why but for some reason i've never i mean it
1: was a huge part of your life for a really long time it's it's kind of crazy that like it's just not something that comes up ever obviously you're behind it and you don't want to dwell on it but like it's a it was a big part of your life for a long time
0: yeah i just don't want to like people in my family be sad but i guess it's more important that i talk about it than protect people that already even know and probably don't care but yeah, I got like I went to a um, like a clinic and got Suboxin, uh, and I was supposed to go there every day and get it, but I didn't go one day, so they kicked me out of the clinic. And then I I was just like, please, 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 you don't understand. Like I really need this. Like I need to stop. And then they gave me like a ten day supply or something. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to Los Angeles with this, and that's it. Um, That's how I remember it, at least.
1: (laughs) Were you able to write and perform music while all this was happening?
0: I wrote a lot of music, uh, and I I played a few shows, but they, I'm sure, were garbage, and I don't remember them. (laughs) And I feel, that's like a thing I feel guilty about and embarrassed about, but I wrote a lot of songs, and I, I still like them. It's like, I, used to, I wrote a lot of pop songs. I loved writing pop songs uh, back then uh, with my best friend. We would just stay up all night writing music. Uh, it was super fun.
1: <laughs> Have you been able to write it all in the past year?
0: hmm Yeah. Not – I mean, like, we wrote and recorded our record in March, and then that came out in October. Um, and we couldn't see each other. For like, a year. So, um, just because I lived with kids and it was too risky. Um, and, yeah, I guess people weren't seeing each other. So, we didn't really do anything. But we started writing some stuff. And now, yeah, now I – I mean, I've, I've, like, changed so much. Honestly, it sounds ridiculous. But um, I've changed so much and, and I, I realize I super – I love, like, writing music. I didn't really... I just did it before. I didn't think I liked it, but now I'm like, oh, I love writing songs. It's so much fun. So I've been writing a lot. And we've recorded a bunch, and we're going in the studio on Sunday and going in the studio so much because uh, I like being... I like that being... I feel happiest and most in like power, powerful human, uh when I'm a writer, when I'm in the writing process, it delineates time and also allows me to say like, no, I can't do that. I'm writing. Like, no, I cannot do that. I'm writing. And it, it puts me in charge of time. And I like that. Um it, And it just means I get to think with benefit, thinking with benefit, <laughs> you know, Um that's, yeah, so I'm writing right now <laughs> in this moment.
1: I, I would assume that performing, there's a power in performing too, right? There's a power when you're up there and you're singing and the whole crowd is sort of like hanging on your music. It's a different kind of power.
0: The energy exchange of... I mean, it's that's funny. The energy exchange, like, you're... Like, even if you're on stage, like, you're it's everyone else's energy that's what's happening. It's not the person on stage, it's how the person on stage, like, moves the energy around and exchanges it with the audience and how it's happening together. Like, even if there's just one person, or especially, like, it's a good performance or a good time is when it's when people give you their energy and you give it back the way they want it. Or better than the weight.
1: Can you have a good performance in front of a non receptive crowd?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can. Yeah, because you then you then you're just stealing their energy. Like, you know, and that there's power in that. It's like, oh, you don't like this? Aww.
1: Being um, almost like confrontational.
0: Yeah, or you're just with your friends on stage and you're like it's like you know what you're doing. There's no real situation that Like, every, that's the thing, is you're not in control of anything other than your energy. And then if you have extra energy, that's great. But it's like on stage, you have each other's energy, and you can, yeah, it can be confrontational, or it can just be like, I'm going to make you. Like, also, I, I don't really feel like talking about it too much, but, like, as girls, like, often we go to play places, and when we get there, the people that work there, like the sound people or the bartender or whatever, like oh god, like they don't know what they're doing. They're girls, and then you play, and then they're like, oh my god, and like buying you shots, like nice show, that was awesome. And it's like we still, even if people seem like they're bummed out, we have the ability to like trick them into liking us, and you know that that's the ultimate goal. So there's never like a time to throw it away, like there. There's no time where it's like this isn't as important as another time because that's not it's that's not real. It's always equally important.
1: There's power in subverting expectations.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's super fun. Just like it's super fun when someone's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like this. or I don't want to have fun tonight. And it's like. Too bad, you're about to have fun. It's hard to think about now, but is like our job is to make people feel drunk, kind of, or actually be drunk and get excited. Like our job is to make people excited and like feel energized, give them life and it's which is really funny to think about because there's almost nothing I'd less like to do right now than make drunk people energized (laughs) you know that sounds like really maybe just for a few more weeks I'd prefer not to be in a room full of drunk people but you know that is really what our job is
1: (laughs) you know it sounds like you know you're still uh drinking on the road I I I sort of gave up drinking two years ago just as for like health reasons um
0: congratulations
1: thanks I uh is it hard um I don't know I mean this is something you might have to deal with I don't I don't know like if you're planning to start drinking again but it's uh, drinking like you said drinking is such a a part of the live show it's such a part of playing in like venues or you know bars or venues with bars it it must be really difficult to perform in and around so much alcohol without drinking
0: yeah well our uh, larry the guitar player he's sober he's been sober for as long as i've been drinking (laughs) whatever like most of us don't uh we're like a pretty tame band, but I drink, I drink before we play. Like I'll drink, uh, usually I drink tequila before we play because it like loosens up your muscles and it, you know, it's just as tradition, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't drink anymore. It doesn't make me feel good. So I, I think it'll be hard. I'm imagining that it's going to be hard for me to go out and do stuff, other people's shows and things. Like, I'd, I'm having a really hard time imagining, like, going to someone's DJ night or, like, going to someone else's show, like, completely sober. But um, as far as our shows, I think it feels really good to play sober, like, to actually feel it. Sometimes it's feels awkward, you know, and and weird and, um, you know, just like – it's, it's not as, it's not as easy to get to the place you want to go. But when you do, it feels great. Um, And it's, you know, I think it's gonna feel weird no matter what, like the first few shows we play. So might as well try it without drinking.
1: (laughs) This isn't really comparable, but I don't know, maybe it is to some degree. But like, I, I like karaoke a lot. And I remember, you know, when I I assumed that when I stopped drinking, I wasn't going to like karaoke anymore or that I wasn't going to be able to do it or that I wouldn't have the sort of like nerve to put myself out there. And it was real hard the first couple of times to get up the nerve to sing in front of strangers.
0: But you can do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: that's awesome.
1: I just had to kind of push through it. You know,
0: that's awesome. That's so good.
1: I assume that I just assumed that it was part of the package. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: No, that's good to know. I, I assume that too. I mean, I, a big that's amazing though thanks for saying that because something people don't realize is on stage is so loud and like a guitar comes through an amp so it's not like you have to play as loud as it's going to be but singing you actually have to do it so loud to get the sound out and when you're singing in front of these drums and like crazy ass loud fucking guitar it hurts like it actually physically hurts and after 30 days you can't do it so I've convinced myself that I have to drink um but hearing you say that it's like no if you really want something you just I'm like you you make it happen uh without like excuses so thank you for sharing that
1: well, yeah, and now that you're, like, at this point in your life where you're, like, oh, yeah, I, this is something that I really enjoy doing, maybe you don't need to medicate yourself in order to do it. If it's something that you realize now brings you this just, like, pure sense of joy, then maybe you don't need that push.
0: Yeah, totally. That's, I'm, next time we're on stage, I'm going to be thinking about you and being, like, but you said I didn't need to train
1: <laughs> <laughs> When you're just, like, <laughs> sobbing because you can't yeah. sing. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> What started out as a regular concert turned into mayhem. <laughs>
1: this is probably something you've thought about as you're entering the studio with these songs. But as your feelings and and, and your approach to songwriting has changed, you know, and, and you said earlier that, you know, when you were on drugs, it was you were writing pop songs. And, you know, maybe those had a marked impact on the music you're making. And I'm wondering, like, you know, now that you've sort of like gone through some of these realizations and you've come out a bit of a different person on the other end do you think all of these factors are having are going to make a marked impact on the songs that you make?
0: Yeah, totally. Like the last record was, was like the first, I mean, they're all kind of steps in that. It's, I, I write everything in my head. It's not, it's not even songs. It's not sounds, it's concepts. So the last record was like, um, about like we had, The most time off we ever had, I thought it was going to be, which is crazy. But we had from January, or we got off of tour and we had December and January and February off. And I was like, oh my God, three months off. (laughs) Crazy. Like, I'm going to spend this in complete silence. No music. No nothing. Just going to listen to a couple books on tape from a couple heroes and really focused on, like, being, figuring out, like, what I wanted the record to be about. Um, And the record, what I wanted it to be about was Magic Spells that, because I was like, okay, we're going to sing these songs a hundred times this year, at least. 2020, we're going to go on tour probably more than any other year. Let's make a record about, like, chanting and visualizing and singing about manifesting and becoming the most you you could possibly be and um, not be afraid. Like all of this shit, all like under the spell of joy is like all about manifesting and ascending basically and and becoming full you with your greatest potential. And that all was like in, in my mind before I even actually knew what any of that meant, before I realized like, manifesting starts with kind of like uh, deprogramming lack mentality for the most part and so I think that that was kind of like I think the next record is sort of instead of like stuff you say and chant and do like in a magic way I want it to be more what is what are the things you say inside your head like mantras and things like that like it doesn't have to be yeah, the last record was like, oh, how does it feel to say these things out loud? What kind of magic happens when you say these out loud? What happens when a bunch of people say this together? And this is a record for out loud. But this next record, I want to be like, how I was calling myself it before. Changing that, <laughs> like making, just having it. So it's like if the song is just going in your mind, it's just like it's empowering you um, just by by the fact that it's playing in your head. Just like any song that gets in your head and just just so it can be there like when you're going through different struggles or whatever you're going through. It's just like the um, soundtrack in your mind. So we have, we've worked on a couple songs like that. I'm excited to see where that goes. But yeah, it's all about, it's all about what's happened in the last year and just realizing like I, I was programmed to do a lot of weird to not know that, yeah, I was an individual person worthy of, making decisions based on anything. It was just all other people's ideas in my mind um, being programmed, and uh, we all are.
1: But now you're kind of programming people. You're trying to program people, or you're trying to put ideas in, in their heads with the songs.
0: Yeah, programming people to be free.
1: Is that possible? Can you program somebody to be free?
0: Yeah, you can. Yeah, I don't, I mean... Yeah, because
1: I guess it's deprogramming. Maybe is a better way. it. Yeah,
0: deprogramming. Yeah, deprogramming. I mean, yeah, tons of little things that seem like they matter don't, and tons of things that don't seem like they matter do. But yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't fully worked on it. Like today's the first day of July. I'm, I'm writing this record this month.
1: Is it something that can be accomplished in music, and is it something that? You know, because you seem to have a very, again, also kind of binary relationship with music and that there are long periods of your life that you're not able to listen to it. And I, I don't know, can you point to a particular record in your life that has had the impact that you're trying to have on other people with this next one? Um,
0: I guess some like staple singers records. I, I feel like there isn't, I feel like there isn't, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I would like another person's record to have, I mean, I'm kind of trying to make like a gospel record in a way, you know? So it's like, I don't know that I could find what this is without it being um, connected. It's more like religious or something, but I don't, but I'm not religious and we're not, it's just like spiritual.
1: Spiritual, it's manifestation.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, because you, like, I, I like songs about love and motorcycles or whatever about uh, black Sabbath is my favorite band, whatever. But like, if you, we have to sing these songs like a hundred times a year, you know, it's like, it'd be way cooler if we sing stuff is, is intentional and is uh, what's the word you used before for when you do stuff during like, um, the meditation thing.
1: Mindful. Mindfulness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if people sing together or if we say stuff, that's like mindfulness, <laughs> mindful. It's, I mean, what are like, how that would be so cool and it would be so um, healthy and it might, you know, um, cause like I said, yeah, as so I train myself to be happy first thing in the morning, maybe if we have songs about, shit I could train myself or help other people train themselves to be like oh I'm not feeling good oh oh yeah that song I know what song to sing or like how our last record has like some of the songs are like oh when you don't like because there's one part of uh, manifestation like visualization there's all these different kinds and stuff to do but the one thing to do where you feel yourself like achieving or living with the thing you've manifested and you're like just like like, taking phone calls, like, yeah, it feels good having that million dollars. Like, yeah, no, totally. It's crazy. Like, whatever that is. Um, we wrote a song that's, like, the feeling of, of achieving your manifestation. And so if you forget how to feel that feeling, you just listen to this song. And so, you know, it's, it's just like a, 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 what's it called? A legend on a map. maybe (laughs) it's just like a legend on a map (laughs) that's what our music is